0: Hi everyone, and welcome back to The Blast Podcast, a show where we believe movies can be more than just movies. I'm Steve Watts, joined as always by my co-host Ty Patterson, and we are fresh out of our theater experiences at the final entry in the DCEU, The Flash. Before we dive into our thoughts on this movie, Ty, do you want to walk us through what you've watched this
1: week? Sure, you know me, always keeping it short and sweet, and this week I only got around to one other showing, and that was Spider-Verse on Tuesday... I finally got the chance, I, after my first viewing of the movie, I, I called my cousin, and this is someone that loves Blade Runner 2049, but never saw it in theaters. And I called him and was like, look, dude, if you're looking for an experience like BR 2049, just something that blows you away that you need to see on the big screen, this is your chance. Go see Across the Spider-Verse. So finally got him to sit down took him to the Avalon the perfect viewing experience in my opinion it was just as good the second time but a bunch of smiles on my face he's been sending me all the same memes that were popping up when I saw it I had 25 TikToks pinned for him right after he finished right after he finished the movie I just dumped uh just a ton of clips his way we're still uh a little ways away from spoiler territory so I won't share the best ones but A lot of good laughs after the movie
0: awesome yeah he's he's just becoming more sigma
1: (laughs) yeah totally and you know he's just dumping uh posts of miguel o'hara sending me the tracks sending me uh giving up it's it's good stuff
0: hell yeah um Short week for you. Uh, a little bit of a longer week for me. I went and saw Across the Spider Verse for my third and fourth time. Um, third time I went with Morgan. It went really well. It was a it was a good watch. And fourth time, don't want to call anybody out by name, but I'm not sure. No matter how big of a of a, Na- a Washington Nationals fan you are, I don't know how you check the score in the middle of this movie. Um, Annoying people in the back of the theater, throwing popcorn up in front of the projector, making shadow puppets, all that shit um not a great watch for the fourth time um said, I also watched it's such a beautiful day, which was awesome um as always, you know, I have that movie tattooed on me, uh followed up with Gone Girl, which is one of my favorite Fincher movies. I listened to the rewatchables on it as well while I was driving. Then I watched The Little Mermaid, the original version, and finally now officially, yeah, I, I can officially confirm that the live-action one isn't that much worse, um, <laughs> and then, then I watched Caro, which, as, as you know, is my pick for the greatest horror movie of all time, Cinderella Man with Russell Crowe, a great boxing movie that my mom made me watch after listening to the sports podcast. And then the amazing Spider-Man, you know, what do I got to say? He's the best. Um, Bram Stoker's Dracula followed it up with that. Winona Ryder and uh, oh, what's his name? Gary Oldman and Keanu. Yep. Crazy cast for a, for a vampire movie, but I think it was okay. I don't know. Very conflicted thoughts on that. I watched Scary Movie, the Scream parody, the parody of the parody of movies, and uh, I had an okay time. It was it was fun to revisit that late at night at like 2 in the morning, and finished off the week with Alien Resurrection, which is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I got about an hour in, and then I had to turn it off.
1: Um, this was a bad one for me. It's been a while since I asked you this question, but we're looking at 10 movies right now in a week I and mean, that's that's a lot of screen time so what is your don't di- forget about the flash too <laughs> that too like what's your day-to-day look like where you can just rip these no problem and just school me every week I, I can't believe it I don't know where you find the time so maybe just walk me through a day in the life of Steve Watts
0: yeah uh well I wake up usually
1: around ten thirty.
0: um start working on job stuff. I try to apply to like two or three jobs every day. And then um, sometimes in the background, I'll, I'll throw a movie on while I'm doing that. If it's a rewatch, if it's not, then I'll wait. Uh, usually then just takes up most of my day. So make myself some dinner and then watch movies from like seven thirty till three or four AM um, with some some work on the on the podcast and Blast in there as well.
1: <laughs> people crack me or I crack myself up telling people like, you know, I don't get asked this a lot, but when I'm breaking down like why you are like the perfect fit for like Blast as it starts to ramp up, because you are just as much of a dork as me. I mean, any free time that you have <laughs> is spent with movies in, in mind. Oh, yeah. So it's kind of, you know, most people would consider us losers, but I would consider it a superpower for what we're trying to go for.
0: Hell yeah, man. It's a it's a fun life. It's a simple life. It's a sad life. Um Nonsense. Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> what do you think of the Flash, Steve? Uh I I have a lot of opinions on it. I guess um i i wanted to start this off though by giving kind of a brief history of the dceu to kind of catch listeners up on where the flash is coming from the perspective of i don't know if i'm a dc fan but like a a dceu watcher because i've seen uh just about all of these movies so we start strong with man of steel in 2013 i believe that is um peak superman Love the interpretation, and it's it's pretty well received. And then, Batman vs Superman takes a lot of people off the DC train, kind of kind of makes people doubt Snyder quite a bit after the flop. You get the Ben Affleck "Hello Darkness, My Old Friend" meme, um, all those great great moments. Then you have the Suicide Squad with um, Jared Leto's Joker, and that essentially kills DC for. A full year and thank god for patty jenkins who brings it back with wonder woman despite the incredibly rough third act of that movie it kind of brings people back into this universe and then we get justice league which is as we all know a, a travesty this is one of the worst movies ever made um then we bounce back with James Wan's Aquaman, which does fairly well. I'm not a big fan of this movie, but um, it seems generally well-regarded, I'm surprised by. Shazam, next up, pretty pretty fun. Uh, it's not like a serious superhero movie by any means, but, you know, it, it's a good time. Then Birds of Prey comes out. That's really fun. I love that movie. And then Wonder Woman 1984 sets the record for streams on HBO Max, despite some of the bad writing choices in that movie and then we finally get what we've all been wishing for which is the Snyder Cut and that's
1: kind of the peak of the DCEU I would argue would you agree with that Ty? 100% it like brought back I mean one it was just like an unprecedented event especially during like you want to call it COVID slash lockdown finally got like the DC's biggest moment that almost seemed like a fossil like a like a myth yeah. and it ended up becoming reality it was the coolest thing
0: it is it's a it's a building block of ty and i's friendship and then after that james gunn is here and he makes a really good suicide squad and that's surprising and then it's it's the rock why is why is the rock here and then oh oh shazam 2 with <laughs> a bunch of kids now um, so now <laughs> Yeah, we're a little scared and we're heading into The Flash, which a lot of people have said is one of the greatest superhero movies of all time. So I want to hear from you, Ty, what your pre-movie thoughts on this were and if you were kind of wanting this to succeed or not because of some of the things that Ezra Miller did during the production of this film.
1: Yeah, so so my pre-movie thoughts are a little bit interesting. Oddly enough, after... All of the Ezra Miller stuff started to come out and hit, I don't know, big time news. It started to become a big cloud over this movie. I was one of those weirdos that was saying, like, look, the fact that all of this has come out and they're not scrapping it, they're not bringing it straight to HBO Max, this thing must just be a banger. Like, there's no way it's bad if they're going to drop it in theaters and continue to delay it for this dork. Um like it almost made me more excited that it was something special. Obviously I was super uncomfortable with Ezra being in the movie, but I had hoped that like I could just root for everyone else and just put that aside. And that's kind of where I was. And then it gets my boy Tom Cruise. He gives his stamp of approval along with a bunch of other critics and like TikTok social media stars giving it the stamp of approval. Surely, this thing is going to be something special. So, I'm like, a f- couple days out before I'm going to see this movie. Spider Verse comes out, and it ends up being a masterpiece of a multiverse movie. It's one of the best comic book movies ever made. Now I'm starting to get worried. Shit, like there's no way The Flash can compete with this. And then the dagger for me, where I start to really shift gears... I saw a clip of Ezra on the red carpet promoting this movie. Rubbed me the wrong way. He should not be there. He should not be promoting this movie. I just felt gross. I felt gross going to the theater today. I I no longer was rooting for it. And that hype and excitement that I had a couple months ago, completely gone as I was walking into Marcus Theaters today
0: that's it's sad and i know what you mean um going into this one i was rooting for everybody besides ezra um keaton and affleck are back it's awesome uh loved seeing them michael shannon back as odd is awesome again sasha Kelly looks awesome as supergirl um and then uh andres or andy muschetti is an amazing director i love what he's done he did uh mama and the it dilogy and i i wanted to see all of those people succeed besides (laughs) the main character and i also wanted this to succeed to prove that there's not superhero fatigue right now that it is just that marvel is pushing out the same product over and over again and people would go see a superhero movie and like it if it is good and different.
1: That sounds about right, man. I mean, especially after Spider-Verse, I thought we were going to get, you know, I I was looking forward to this movie in the sense that this would be another one that breaks that theory that everyone's sick of these superhero movies. Yeah. and get behind that take. Yeah. Totally.
0: Um, do you want to take it away with your theater experience
1: then to really get this going yeah this is a great one so not great as in like it was a great experience it's just a funny story like something I would put on my blast ticket if I was typing it up right now so usually when I buy a movie ticket and I'm going alone I always always buy a ticket on the far right side I love to sit on the aisle just so you know I can hide from everyone I only have to deal with one loser next to me that's, like, making too much noise. Like, at least I've got one ear that's good, right? But I feel like the last couple times I've been going alone, I'm always sitting by just complete assholes that won't shut up or, like, I got people on their phones in front of me. I got people whispering, snoring, whatever. So now I'm convinced, you know what? Maybe everyone's got this weird psychological tick that makes them, like, drawn to the far right side of the theater (laughs) fine i'm gonna sit on the exact opposite side i'm not gonna sit in the back i'm gonna sit towards the front again sitting on the left aisle now okay i get to the theater pretty shortly after 6 30 when my movie was supposed to start the, the trailers had just started i sit down and there's no one next to me but there's a guy one seat over with his boy and his wife, I imagine, and they are no problems during the trailers. You know, I hear them talking in between trailers, but a lot of people do that. There's no big deal. So I'm going to the theater like perfect. I just met like, or I'm sitting next to three Flash nerds. Yeah. We're gonna be locked in the entire time. Perfect. Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Four. Four different plates of nachos for the guy next to me. Four <laughs> in a two and a half hour span, dude. Because you know I'm at movie tavern, right? So yeah, they serve food, yeah. and they, the little waitress keeps walking past me. I'm talking like every like 15 minutes with a new plate of nachos, and this guy's just ripping them. Jesus. So not only is this goober eating nachos the entire entire time, but he's talking with his boy, and they're going back and forth like ah. I know where this is going. I know where this is going. See, this is... Point A is going to lead to point B. Man, eh, fuck this movie. And it was going on the entire time. Every scene that wasn't blasting with music or the like movie score, I could hear them talking. It was driving Jesus. me nuts. Yeah. Also, you have to remember, he's eating four plates of nacho. So now... I'm an hour in, and this guy's just ripping ass right next to me. <laughs> so not only do I have to listen to him, I also have to smell him. Jesus and Christ. I'm just, I'm just kicking myself. Like, this would have been the one time if I had just went and sat in my normal spot, I would have been fine. But no. Now, now I'm screwed for the next two hours. Like, at least the movie was, you know, good enough where I could smile at a couple moments and laugh at this guy next to me. But holy moly, like, top three worst worst people to sit next to in a movie yeah it's awful
0: uh dude you gotta go two-thirds of the way to the back middle and you'll get next to the film nerds
1: who do the research on where to sit for the best auditory experience i know and you know it's, it's funny this was the first time where i wanted to do that homework after the movie i was like i, I have to stop dealing with this it drives yeah. me nuts every single movie i go and see there's always like four bad eggs and they all want to sit right next to me <laughs> i'm done i'm done ranting please tell your story I, I surely i i hope it's not as bad as that
0: yeah it's not a it wasn't a bad story for me it was not a very special theater experience the theater was like half full because i went at four o'clock today so that we could uh Prep for this pod a little bit and I went to GDX at Kendall to see it on the biggest screen I could and it got me thinking though why do movies not come out on Friday anymore like it used to be like oh well they come out Thursday at 10 o'clock so you can see it if you're a diehard and you want to go one night early and then now it's yeah I could have seen this at like one o'clock at Kendall
1: I don't get it I was thinking the exact same thing when you sent four o'clock I was like, "Oh, that's weird. It's not it has it's not even out yet." Yeah. And then I looked at mine. I was like, "Oh, 6:30. When did they make that switch?"
0: I don't know. Wait I, for I it,
1: wait for it to roll back a full day and be like
0: Wednesday midnight releases. <laughs> nah, dude.
1: I'm praying for Tuesday so we can start getting opening night $6 Tuesdays. That'd be nice.
0: Um <laughs> That said though, this is one that's I think a big what if. I think that we both enjoy this movie a lot more if we see it together. Um Mm.
1: yeah okay I like where is this a spoiler territory or do you think you can break this down a little bit
0: I can break it down Ty and I were planning on uh seeing this movie together and then because of extraneous circumstances we just couldn't make it happen but I think that with how much we love Zack Snyder's Justice League and the characters in it and even Michael Keaton's Batman I think that there are a lot of moments that maybe you and I turn to each other and say stuff like the guy next to you was, <laughs> and maybe have a better time at this movie than just going and seeing it alone. It felt sad.
1: I'm totally with you. And that stuff matters, especially in a movie like this that I would consider a considerable amount of fun having someone with you to experience that, especially you of all people. Yeah. I feel like we are on the same page with the cinematic universe. I think we're on the same page with this movie frankly you know i'm with that i think maybe it gets bumped up a couple uh a couple points on letterboxd or something if i see it with you
0: yeah what is this um if you're good to dive into a spoiler free discussion what does this give you on on letterboxd what are what are you rating this
1: i haven't decided yet um i would probably i'm in between a three and a three and a half stars Ooh. Yeah, but if I, you know, if I'm getting real, real fancy here, if I'm giving it a blast letter grade, I'm probably going B minus. Like I had, I had a good time. There's a lot of, a lot of stuff to really like. There's a lot of stuff I was cringing at. Yeah, I felt numb during a lot of key moments. Like it wasn't special, but it was, it was good. Yeah, I think that's where I'm at. Fair enough. um The longer this is marinated with me.
0: the the more I've kind of disliked it. I'm I'm giving it a C- on Blast.
1: That's fair. And, I you know, I had locked in that B- grade before I jumped on the phone with you after I saw the movie. The entire time we were talking, I'd convinced myself, like, yeah, maybe, maybe I don't even like it at all. Yeah. But I don't know. I want to give it a couple days to really sit on it I caught myself like smiling a couple times. I caught myself saying, "Oh, there's good camera work here." But on the flip side, there was a lot of times where, you know, I couldn't get behind Ezra or mm-hmm. the the camera work, or not the camera work, but the CGI just wasn't looking great in some spots. Yeah, uh, didn't have like a big wow wow moment for me in the third act. There there were a couple things like that was holding back the experience a little bit
0: yeah i think and i think that's kind of what's wrong with this movie is that it's just underwhelming and there's nothing that's like specifically like terrible about it but it's just there and you're kind of watching it um like you said there is a lot of pretty rough cgi throughout
1: um some laughable moments with babies Oh man, it's really half baked. That that's the best way to put it. Like I've never seen a movie with this crazy of like a pendulum yeah. of good and bad CGI. There are a lot of great visuals especially with like the speed force, mm-hmm. the lightning, uh, a lot of like close-ups on Ezra running. I, I thought like wow. The, uh, there's a there's a couple really great shots in this movie, but on the flip side, a lot of really bad CGI face work. Yeah. I couldn't get past it. I don't know about you, but Even in scenes like when the two Ezras are together, and I'm not spoiling anything. It's in the trailers. There's two Ezras in this movie. Yeah. Um, Like, there were a couple noticeable scenes where one of the Ezras had a CGI face or CGI body, and it looked weird, and it took me out of the movie for a minute. Like, did you ever have any moments like that?
0: No, I completely, I completely know what you mean. There were a lot of times where I was just feeling myself actually get sucked into the world, and then wait a minute, that looks, like,
1: terrible. Like, <laughs> Right, right. And, you know, since it's the opening scene, I-, I don't consider this really spoilery, but you mentioned babies. Talk about, that's a perfect example of Pendulum. Mm-hmm. There are, There's a lot of great visuals of Ezra bouncing, you know, in, like, frozen time, if you will. Yeah, running up the wall of... of the building, even, which you see in the trailer. Right, right. it looks gorgeous and then it's paired with some terrible CGI on on some babies. I I don't get it. Like I it's a tough call. Like I get you're on a budget, you know, you got to spread it where you think is best, but there were a couple questionable choices here.
0: Yeah, and you also mentioned in that kind of quick thought that you couldn't get past Ezra for a lot of the moments in this movie and I felt Kind of the same way. I, I I didn't feel super, like, disgusted because I saw him as the Flash more so than Ezra Miller, but he was
1: just fucking annoying in this, wasn't he? Interesting. I, I don't know. Like, I think he did a good job of being annoying. I think that this movie did a, a good job of pairing annoying Flash that we've known to love or not love, however you want to put it, with a more annoying version of himself yeah and i think ezra did a good job portraying both barry allens but yeah i mean this character's kind of always been like the the comedic relief character always been the annoying one yeah and it's hard to lead him yeah go ahead in
0: that opening scene he mentions that he's the janitor of the justice league and that honestly really doesn't go anywhere. Uh, it felt like it was going to be a focal point of this movie, but it kind of just disappears after twenty minutes. but yeah, that said, I mean, that's why he hasn't had a movie made about him in the past. Um, this is and the other thing is that the flash is probably the least interesting part of this movie to me i I wanted a lot more of Michael Keaton's Batman and Supergirl.
1: I couldn't agree more those were my initial thoughts so i i met a couple people through my uncles at the at the lake house this weekend and we were crazy gauntlet of movie talk and we were talking oh we're all gonna go see the flash on thursday so we'll talk afterwards of yeah. course they reach out uh i got a text while i was in the in the movie res- responded afterwards my initial thoughts were I loved Michael Keaton. I thought he was great. I wanted more. Mm-hmm. Sasha Kaye is Supergirl, I really liked her. I wish that we got more. I mean, her her story feels really half-baked, rushed. I, I didn't get enough to, like, care enough about her. Yeah. Same with Michael Keaton, and it shouldn't have been like that, you know? I, I completely know what you mean,
0: and I think that that leads me to another thing I felt like this movie was missing, which is just the heart, like, in the past, I have always felt like DCEU movies have had a little bit more heart than Marvel because they're coming out with one a year instead of 20. But this one felt more Marvel-y than DCE, and I think maybe that's why it's been received so well initially, but for the most yeah. part, I, <laughs> I... <laughs> I missed the, the, the emotional beats, the character work that came in the Snyder movies, that especially, that uh, is just completely missing here.
1: Right. And that's not to say, like, they do try. There are a couple attempts at emotional beats. You know, this is a movie about Barry Allen, Barry Allen trying to save his mom and keep his dad out of jail. And they play into that a couple times, but something's missing. You, you don't feel the tugs on the heartstrings that you normally would, yeah. like you mentioned in those Snyder movies. It, something did feel off, and maybe it was an Ezra thing, but when I was watching, I, I'm not sure that that was the issue. I, I, ah, it's hard to explain it. It's it, hard to it, pinpoint, I felt like I was isn't it? I felt like I was watching a movie. I didn't feel like I was going through an experience, like uh, a human connection something was lacking in that department maybe.
0: Yeah, I it's weird because I felt the same way and you called me when you got out of this movie and you just said, "Yeah, I don't I don't really know how I feel about it." And that's exactly what I told my friends. Um it's it's weird how empty this movie kind of leaves you feeling.
1: It's so bizarre and it, that's not to say that there aren't Good moments, I, I can identify a good a good handful of them, but yeah. they're countered by some very lukewarm, uh, commercialized Marvel esque scenes and quality that I just it, it took me out of this experience. And you mentioned that this felt a little bit not like your typical DC movie in the sense that uh, it felt like Marvel yeah. and there are a considerable amount of fan service moments that felt like I was watching an MCU movie. Yeah. And I've been dying to ask you about that. I, like, almost eye-rolling moments, but I, I, we can dive into that in spoiler talk maybe, but I'm curious to see what you think about that.
0: Yeah, I'm ready to get going on spoilers if you are.
1: Yeah, I mean, right. it, what's funny is before we started talking you know when we were doing our prep call we were joking about how we're not even sure if there is much to spoil here yeah the the story (laughs) is so lackluster
0: it really is it feels like very predictable like i you can tell where it's going to end the moment it starts um but let's dive into the fan service because you just mentioned that there is a big scene in this movie (laughs) that is full of cameos and uh i i didn't really like it i thought it was this it it made it feel like this is the dceu's no way home like let's just throw in all these characters so that maybe people will feel something but that's not how it works
1: (laughs) yep you're right that that is the best way to put it thrown in not earned none of these cameos felt earned to me they were all just like wow there's there's nick cage wow there's cgi chris reeve yeah there was none of these moments felt like they were really interwoven into the story and we just saw a movie a week and a half ago that did those cameos a lot better yeah interwove it into the story you know it now i don't know if it's distasteful maybe maybe that one chris reeve cameo but it just felt lazy to me.
0: Yeah. I Lazy is a great way to put it. The Reeve cameo did feel distasteful to me. I didn't know. I, I It just felt weird. Um, maybe use archive footage if I you're to do that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I remember us talking about that cameo months ago. It had been like reported. It was like there was a rumor he might pop up. And I asked you, what are your thoughts on this if he shows up? And you said... That would be really gross. Yeah. And when he popped up, I smiled for about half a second and then they cut back to him again. And I felt like, one, I was watching Rogue One, but two, I also felt just just gross. Yeah. Cheap. Very cheap. Yeah. Um,
0: and you also mentioned Nick Cage. What the fuck is Nick Cage doing in this movie? I, I laughed out loud when I saw him, but... I'd think it was more of a like dude, what the fuck is this movie? Then like a haha, Nick Cage is Superman.
1: Um I I would imagine you know the story, right? About Nick Cage's uh Scrap Superman project? I I do not. Oh my gosh, this is wow. This is never going to happen again. <laughs> well, let me educate you, young man. So couple moving pieces here. Tim Burton did the Michael Keaton Batman's Mm-hmm. They were quite successful for the time. They're still regarded as some of the best Batman movies. I think it was early nineties. They had asked Burton to do a Superman project. He was set to do Superman and he cast Nick Cage as Superman. They did screen testings. There is a picture of him with long hair with the um with like a extremely like plastic looking muscle suit for God. Superman scrapped like he, obviously it never happened but it was Thank in God. the works Nick Nick Cage was supposed to be Superman and that's why he's in this movie okay um, yeah so I, I got a good laugh I, I got a good smile out of that one like the other cameos like Adam West was in Superman it, right? yeah, yeah
0: Superman it just I don't know it's
1: it was underwhelming it, it that's that's my problem too was you know when this movie was getting hyped up beyond belief by tc by spielberg by all the tiktok people this was like a big scene that kept popping up on tiktok where you know like all oh, the last 10 minutes of this movie are crazy there's a there's a two minute sequence that's just wow unbelievable i can't believe that's the scene they were talking about yeah how ridiculous is that
0: yeah, it's it's pretty bad and while we're talking about this scene, I kind of want to discuss the logistics of it a little bit. So Barry is essentially I... in this like sphere that is made up of his memories. It's it's kind of like a planet and then all of the other planets are crashing into him for kind of unknown reasons.
1: <laughs> I I wish you didn't ask this question. This is like a a tenant moment, tenant moment where you just gotta, you know, just go with it, feel it. Don't try and understand it. I, I'm sitting there while Ezra is sitting. I keep calling him Ezra. It's so funny. I can't connect him <laughs> to Barry Allen anymore. He's his own own character, own entity now. But he's in that sphere that you're talking about, and he's looking at his own universe that he's created here with Michael Keaton, Supergirl, this this whole crew and like you said like there are other planets or other universes colliding while this is all happening during the movie i'm thinking what is happening here i can't i can't understand (laughs) how this happened how they're all crashing together like i guess i could guess you know like zombie flash looking character caused this somehow in an attempt to save his mom but holy moly i mean what a mess yeah, what don't a mess!
0: Know. I, I also was underwhelmed because they were missing some obvious cameos. Why is Christian Bale not there? Why is Barry Allen right. from the TV show Flash, who is, which is like, obviously that show has gone very downhill, but there are a lot of huge super fans for the Flash TV show. How does he not make an appearance in this movie? Oh yeah, Um yeah,
1: I think he was supposed to when they cut it, which I I, I think is bizarre the only cameo i did like and it was in like the first 5 minutes of the movie during that bank chase uh gal gadot's wonder woman saves batflick i i caught myself smiling her theme pops up was it cheap was it like probably a shoe in maybe but it really uh it made my day to see her one last time potentially
0: yeah um and then there's the weird lasso of truth scene that comes with her with barry allen saying that he's a
1: virgin yeah they ruined it they ruined it yeah they did. yep yep
0: <laughs> i loved i yep. loved batman so under the up. lasso of truth too i thought batman was pretty funny with his whole like i've built this godlike persona around me to <laughs> um
1: <laughs> yeah i mean it's, why they, uh, that's what is that? that's like, when it's I... a reference to justice league it is no but like there's that lasso of truth scene with uh momoa oh uh, okay. you know what i'm talking about yeah 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 um,
0: either way that said though yeah it is okay um yeah though this feels all those cameos just didn't do anything and they're there how much money do you think was spent on those cameos for them to do nothing
1: too much, I think we could have reallocated that money towards cgi faces, but that's just me that's my opinion, but what are you gonna do right
0: I suppose I
1: th- you know it's funny like we're talking cameos we're we're talking Michael Keaton we're talking supergirl it's crazy to me that there's just not a whole lot going on here with the flash character,
0: yeah, there really wasn't I feel like well, he didn't change at all.
1: <laughs> what is his story? Yeah. What's his story arc?
0: It's like, wait, wait. the same arc that Bo goes through and Bo is afraid. Um, <laughs> there is a big twist in this movie or supposed to be a twist, I think. Right. With that, you mentioned with um, Future Flash, who is just like covered in like Kryptonian swords and uh, weapons. And he's just looks like a monster. And oh my god wait it's it's barry after going back to relive
1: (laughs) yeah so what steve's talking about obviously if you're listening you've probably seen the movie already but like within 15 minutes barry's traveling through the multiverse kind of but he gets pushed off course by this like zombie looking flash character yeah right away right away you're like okay that's uh that's other Ezra, a hundred percent. That's where they're going. Yeah. This is gonna be this movie's reverse flash. Um, yeah, I mean talk about oh, well, didn't see that coming. I mentioned that the guy next to me just wouldn't stop talking. Yeah. Of course, when that happened he's like his boy like bumped him on the shoulder like, bro, that's that's other Ezra. Count yeah. on it. Count Absolutely. on it, just wait.
0: I mean, it's so obvious though, and that's an yeah. issue. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't lazy know lazy writing yeah very very lazy do you have any other spoiler thoughts that you want to talk about before we talk about the ending
1: uh, yeah I have a couple uh smaller notes my favorite cameo not really cameo but like reference or nostalgic moment was the uh the back to the future running joke so when Ezra messes up the timeline You think of all these big, crazy things. Oh, Zod's here to find Superman. He's going to destroy the world, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. No. The biggest catastrophe was Eric Stoltz got the job, and Michael J. Fox never became Marty McFly. (laughs) I thought that was awesome.
0: Marty McFly was a great uh,
1: (laughs) great (laughs) gag. (laughs) That was good. That was good. I like that scene. Yes. Um, So did I. It's funny.
0: I, I see in your I, notes, too, that you wrote down, holy moly, Michael Shannon Malin.
1: <laughs> I was just going to get to that. He is so bad in this movie, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's pretty terrible. terrible.
0: And he's listed, like, second but, in the cast list, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's one. Probably they paid him the big bucks to show up. He did. He clearly did not want to be in this movie. One, he got Zack Snyder's approval. Like, he wasn't going to do it without Zack's green light. And then two, in an interview recently, he said like, "Yeah, this movie doesn't really do it for me. I felt like I was an action figure. I was just told to like do some weird lines of dialogue, punch people. It wasn't very special. It didn't feel like the character study that I was given in Man of Steel. Yeah, another Zack Snyder plug right there. Mm-hmm. It's a good movie. You, you fans, you blew it. You you blew it. <laughs> we had some. I." I man, all right, I'm not going down that tangent. But I thought Michael Shannon was terrible in this movie. I, I don't blame him for not trying, not caring. Um, yeah, I mean, it was... What
0: else? It was dumb. Um, yeah. Also, we talked a little bit in the, in the spoiler-free thoughts. I wanted a lot more of Supergirl and Batman. We can actually dive into that a little bit. So Supergirl is rescued from essentially like a soviet prison thing in like siberian russia right? yeah they're they're in serbia okay so is it serbia or Siberia? i thought it was siberia and like um you're right like eastern russia so i i thought that they were gonna do some like superman red sun stuff with um like maybe the ussr is still a thing like <laughs> I I I was looking as soon as they said Siberia I was like holy shit we're getting Superman Red Sun the movie um in live action and instead we get um Sasha Kaye in pretty much just being tortured by not getting any light she's in a like kind of red sun room right and when she finally yeah, gets out tonight. yeah when when she finally gets out we get a really cool scene this was uh one of the best scenes in the movie for me of her just whooping ass
1: <laughs> yeah she's she's great in that scene. She very clearly shows off her power. she has a couple good licks on Zod, mm-hmm. but I found myself intrigued by her just dialogue scenes she She has a lot of cool moments where she's not quite like Clark and she doesn't really care about humanity thought there was a, a cool scene with her and other Barry. Yeah, there is a scene where she comes back to save our Barry Allen and talks about um, like having his back the way that uh, he had hers. She she has a couple cool moments and it's kind of it kind of sucks that we may never see this character ever again. That it was a one off thing. Yeah, I I just wanted more of her. There, like there were a couple cool beats, but no true story arc, no no character arc. It just felt half-baked.
0: I I completely agree. And then same with Michael Keaton's Batman. We finally got a fucking retired oh. Batman. Like this Batman has closure. He is emotionally well. He's gone to therapy and he's
1: better now. And we just like don't really explore that at all. <laughs> oh, there there's such a great Batman Beyond movie hidden here that does not get explored enough. They there's a great scene between him and Barry talking about how the pain that he he had from his parents' death built him into who he was and mm-hmm. you know talking about how Barry somehow saved his own parents. There good scene there. Do we get anything beyond that?
0: No, we get a we get a good you can't live the past, you have to live the present quote and that's just about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, but there are some aw- we get some awesome batman action sequences oh yeah at, at least a couple i mean siberia is just it's the swan song we finally get keaton with cgi yeah. and technology that makes him look serviceable at you know 60 something years old he's so got that was the, cool
0: he's got the john wick suit in his in his bat cape <laughs> yeah totally that's, that's that all great. i could think I about that. when i was seeing that was he's he's holding up his cane i'm like oh you watched john wick uh,
1: <laughs> that i didn't even put that together that's a great callback <laughs> john wick lives in this universe so um and then one more one more shout out okay because i was going to talk about this in my favorite scenes but just the, like the little brief battle he has with the head honcho from the Krypto- kryptonians mm-hmm. where he's like climbing on his back and like putting bombs on his head yeah that was really cool yeah um sorry go ahead no then then he dies (laughs) twice yeah
0: which is it's funny
1: we we talked about how predictable this movie was there were no big like wow factors the only time i was in shock or had like a moment like oh no was when bruce kamikaze into the kryptonian shield yeah (laughs) I was like, oh, no, it it ends like this. But, yeah, I mean, (laughs) I didn't really feel anything. Like, it sucked that he died when, you know, Barry's holding him, but there wasn't enough, you know, meat on the bone from the story to make me care enough.
0: Yeah, I think maybe, maybe that works a little better if it's Ben Affleck's Batman because Snyder did the character work to get them the friendship, but these guys hardly know each other, so it's harder to... Kind of put those pieces together,
1: right? I oh my gosh, that is a great point. Are, like, is Michael Keaton like? Yes, he was great in this movie. Is he needed though? Like, is the movie different with with Ben Affleck as Batman? And I it's don't like a different.
0: I think the movie is the same if Batman is dead when Ezra gets to that that world, and he just uses his back computer anyway. You know, it's yeah
1: that's a great take that uh, wasted potential i think you would compare it to no way home mm-hmm. is, that's exactly how i feel just this movie could have been so much more it was hyped up to be so much more but just it didn't stick the landing for me it didn't and yeah speaking of landings what uh what an ending and you're not on social media i keep forgetting this but a couple months ago it was leaked that at the end of the movie, you were going to see the new Batman or, like, an older Batman come back. And there was pictures of Bale. Of, oh, shit. It was Bale, Kilmer, and Clooney. And everyone's, well, no, it's definitely not Kilmer. Um, <laughs> they can't do that. Yeah. That won't work. And then and no one thought it was going to be Clooney because, I mean, like, why would they bring back Batman and Robin? And then a lot of people speculated that it was going to be Christian Bale. I, I didn't see that coming because Bale said he wouldn't do it without Chris Nolan. So I'm thinking, oh, shit, did, did they really bring back Clooney? Is he going to get his his time in the sun to prove that he he can be a good Batman? And lo and behold, he actually popped up in the fucking movie. <laughs> Barry, I...
0: you're in the worst universe now. <laughs> <laughs> Flash nipples. Hey Freeze, I'm Batman. Uh, <laughs> uh um, yeah, the the ending though altogether besides the Batman part didn't stick for me either. Um this is I think the worst part of the movie for me. Uh Barry is, is Barry not smart enough to realize that putting the can in the shopping cart changes history that much. So why would moving all of the tomato cans up a shelf not uh not change the timeline at all like what was he expecting there i i it's, thought that he would grow from this experience
1: i got to tell you and i could be completely wrong completely off the scent maybe it truly is bad writing but from my perspective it was probably that was supposed to be the arc that he just lets it go he lets his mom die, lets his dad, you know, you know, rot away in prison because that's what the universe needs or whatever. But in this, you know, Ezra Miller's a, a fucking psycho and they can't have him in the main universe. And I think that he doesn't have a story arc so that they have an excuse as to him being hidden in some alternate universe. That, that, that feels like the, the only logical explanation, but I could be wrong. Just, I, uh, it just—it was so out of left field. It was such, there was such a lack of character arc that I, I assumed it was just because they needed to get rid of Ezra. I yeah, I guess so.
0: It just felt so wrong to me, I guess. Um, and it, we have favorite scenes on here. My favorite scene was Barry saying goodbye to his mom. I thought that was amazing. Um I thought that was actually well really done. well written. Um it, it, it was it was great for me. It almost made me tear up, but I mean it, the Ezra just kind of killed that for me, but yeah. Then why it, it, you throw away that moment, I think. By it, even if it is for the reasons you said, you throw away that moment by making him say, "Oh well, I can't save my mom, but let me save my dad. You know? It's so dumb.
1: Yeah. It's it's lazy. It's really bad writing. I I completely agree with you. Regardless of the reason, it's not a good reason. I mean, the movie feels incomplete in that sense. Yeah. I and for that reason, like this moment didn't hit that hard for me because of this this ending. And a lot of the slower scenes didn't really mean much to me because the rest of the movie didn't mean that much to me. It's like when I'm looking at my favorite scenes, it's all nonsense. Like, And that never happens. It's yeah. always a dialogue scene for my favorite. In this movie, not the case. We mentioned it before, but the Siberia mission altogether was my favorite scene, I think. Just top to bottom, you get a lot. This is like the most Keaton that we see in one like go as Batman, get to see him do his thing. Yeah. Um, what this Batman could have been. Super kick ass. He's using gadgets. He's beating the shit out of people. He's got the John Wick cape, the whole shebang. Then we get that. Um awesome. Sasha Kaye just beat down uh Siberian soldiers. Super cool. Um but I did have one honorable mention, and we haven't mentioned it yet. This entire podcast we've been talking about Ezra Miller being crazy kind of just staining this movie my favorite joke of the entire movie was not an actual joke it was a joke but i was laughing for the wrong reasons and i was laughing out loud it was super uncomfortable (laughs) but it's after the opening scene he saves the the nurse and she's screaming hysterically at him and barry allen played by ezra miller is saying you know this is an obviously traumatic moment please go seek medical attention the the justice league uh Me in particular, we're not very good with, with that part of the, the situation. So, so please go seek medical help. That just super super fitting, right? Yeah. Uh, Just nut job. I just I I feel like Andy muscietti's watching that scene and like, in the editing room, just shaking his head like, fuck me, I got screwed out of what could have been a great movie.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he really did. I'm sure he'll bounce back though. Um. Oh, because yeah. the camera work he, uh, is,
1: is great. Agreed. Agreed. It's just I all of my issues are with the visual effects, not the camera work. Glad you mentioned that. Yeah. I think there's a lot of really cool, like, close ups, good action, you know, sequences, choreography, all that shebang. I am, again, like like you said, not worried for Muschietti I think he's gonna do a really good job with uh, the new Batman movie. Did you see he got slated to direct that? I I did not. Yeah, he got brave and the bold. So I, I think I think he's gonna pull it off. I don't know who Batman's gonna be. I don't think it's gonna be Clooney. I really don't. Uh yeah, I'm
0: I'm trying to think. Maybe just maybe it's gonna be Simon Pegg.
1: <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to think of the most out there actor. (laughs) Okay. This is a more serious take. How cool would it be if Nick Holt got a shot?
0: Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I just don't. I just, I can't get past the menu, dude. I can't see him be a good guy.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's fair. That's fair. I don't know. uh, I'm trying to rip another one for you. I feel like the chalk pick right now is Jensen Ackles. But he's already the animated Batman, so I seriously doubt it. I kind of want to see, you know, we were talking about this in the Little Mermaid conversation, but let's get a a no-name in there. Yeah. Let's let's get a no-name Batman, no-name Superman. Let's let's build these actors up with good stories. You know, I could get behind that.
0: You know who I actually think could pull off Batman fairly well? (laughs) Are you fucking with me again? No, I'm not. Is it Simon Pegg? No, Michael B. Jordan, I think, could actually be like a killer Bruce Wayne.
1: He's I- like the total archetype for it, like Playboy right. millionaire. He could play, could pull it off. The only kicker is that works for Superman, and I'm still pulling for uh, a Valzad Superman. Mm-hmm. But doesn't Batman kind of have to be like a white privileged asshole?
0: Actually, yeah, you're you're totally right.
1: <laughs> yeah, like it. It doesn't work. It My doesn't fault. work the same. No, yeah, you're good. I, I really do think um, you're onto something. He, he, he could be an awesome Bruce Wayne. I, I just don't think it works for what Bruce Wayne is supposed to be.
0: Yeah, that's a that, that's a fair argument. Um, he, he's, he's he's clearly not waspy enough. <laughs> that's awful. Uh, yeah. Well. So you sent me a couple of questions to answer before we saw this movie and this one I really liked because you had a before and after and before the movie you asked what outweighs what your sadness that the DCEU is over after this or your excitement for the new DCU headed by James Gunn uh, do you want to talk me through your before and after takes
1: yep i'm going to read this right right off the script of what I had written prior to seeing this movie. I said, I'm not necessarily excited for the new stuff, but I know it's time to move on. We are past the point of return. I, I just felt like, yes, I love the Snyder trilogy. I have no shame in saying that. I really love Man of Steel. I really love BVS, the extended cut, and Snyder cut was just a super special moment for me. So all three of those, great. I had a great time with Aquaman, a great time with Shazam. You know, I just, I don't know, Suicide Squad, Birds of Prey. I i enjoyed a lot of elements of this universe, but between the fandom kind of burning this thing to the ground, how they just screwed over Ray Fisher, Ben Affleck having a terrible experience, same with Gal Gadot. It just, it just, it was past the point of return. It was time to reset. And that's kind of where I was before the movie.
0: Yeah, um, before the movie for me, I kind of just said it's time for this it's time for this to be over. It's been a special time, and I think that it's been really fun, but they need a they need a fresh start because so much has gone bad with this original one. Um, and I think that this era is going to be remembered for the fans actually sticking up for creative control for once and winning. Like there's a group of fans who went to battle with the studio and they won and I think that that's going to be that's going to be taught in the film history books
1: without question it's one of the coolest things that I think it's the coolest thing we've seen in our lifetimes as far as movie going but that's my opinion I think that like we really got a peek behind the curtain of what a studio does to movies. Like I I see them through a different lens. This is going down a crazy rabbit hole, but Snyder cut truly showed fans how much a movie can be fucked with. And it's not always a director's fault. thought that was cool. Yeah. But with that said, you know, for everything that I just said, you know, I'm going to miss the DCEU, but it's time to move on. I go and see the flash. What's supposed to wrap up this extended universe. And the second I walked out of the theater, my thoughts regarding this question were they made it super easy to let go. I yep. watched this. It was fun, but it wasn't special. It didn't make me go, oh, man, they had something here. It it just solidified all of my thoughts before.
0: Yeah. Uh, for me, I just wrote, I went straight to the stock after the movie ended. I wrote, thank God this nightmare is finally over.
1: <laughs> so that's a good way to put it. It's time um also where does this rank for you like in in the dcu where does the flash fall
0: um this falls i think it's right
1: where does it fall for you first all right i don't have my this is one list that i don't have mapped out on my phone so i'm trying to do this off the rip yeah i think just just to make it quick I'd probably go my top three in some order is the Snyder trilogy. I'd probably go Man of Steel, Snyder Cut, BBS. Then I'm going the Suicide Squad, the James Gunn one. Then I've got, oh, man. um, Yeah, I'm going to do it. I've got Aquaman, Wonder Woman, and then The Flash.
0: Okay. Okay. I've got Snyder Cut, BBS, Man of Steel, top three those can be switched around at any point um and then i think i probably have the suicide squad after that too and then wonder woman then birds of prey then shazam and then flash and then aquaman i think for me
1: okay the only reason i'm taking aquaman over the flash i think they're very same like similar archetype wise just like fun lot of cool visual effects like lackluster character arcs and stuff Mm -hmm. and controversial character in amber heard being in that movie but (laughs) what does it for me is that i felt like the cgi was at least consistent throughout aquaman did not feel that way in the flash this felt like an unfinished product that's fair that's why i lean aquaman
0: that's fair uh it, it it might bump up maybe after the sequel comes out um Also, I did want to point out, before we close out this pod, you mentioned Ray Fisher once. Uh, I loved that every Justice League member got screen time besides him. That was was a great move by the studios. Awesome, guys! Jesus Christ. So gross, man. I get they probably couldn't get him. What could have? But dude it's so shitty like it just left a bad taste in my mouth for everybody to get screen time besides him
1: i would love to sit down with that guy for like an hour and a half one just thank him for my favorite like superhero character ever in his story in snyder cut just really moving just honestly just all timer for me it like makes me emotional thinking about i mean we talk about his character arc all the time i'm not broken i'm not alone but also i just like i want to hear what really went down with him man like the bullshit he had to deal with for five something years and what he's dealing with now he's probably getting blacklisted by the rest of hollywood yeah like i just i want to peek behind the curtain he got screwed dude
0: he did um that said any any other thoughts before we wrap this up
1: I really hope I never see Ezra Miller on the big screen ever again.
0: (laughs) Same here. Um, Thank you everyone for listening to this episode. It's disappointing that this movie didn't live up to either of our expectations, but it's been fun to talk about it. Nonetheless, Um, we'll catch you next time on The Blast Podcast.